This podcast is for PR pros who are looking to discover the best strategies for landing their dream retainer clients and scoring them top tier media coverage. I'm your host, Jen Burson, and I want you to have a fulfilling career in PR that totally lights you up without sacrificing your personal or family time or your sanity. Welcome to the Pitching Powerhouse Podcast. Today, guys, we are going to be talking about your PR strategy and if you are ready for Gen Z. And it's important to really check into this group when you're promoting your clients' products or their businesses because we think of them as like teenagers and they're just bopping around on TikTok, but that's not the case. It's kind of like when millennials um, started getting jobs and getting married and having babies. We always like viewed them as these just young post-college and then they became a huge buying force, right? Like they are, um, the millennials, it became a thing we had to sort of focus on marketing and connecting specifically with them. And it's like, you kind of picture these groups in a certain period of time. And so Gen Z, we think TikTokers, you know, teeny boppers, um, they're not that. I mean, this is the the uh, the group of people that kind of started COVID, graduating from high school. They're getting close to graduating from college. They're joining the workforce and they're adulting. You guys, like they're adulting for real. So, um, if your clients are looking to grab Gen Z with their next launch or however they're looking to sell their products and services, um, we're going to talk about four ways strategies that you can use to craft a campaign that this Gen Z, the Gen Zers will love. Um, we have to get uh, clients engaged with Gen Z. Um, they have set themselves apart over the last few few years. So if you want to connect, you want to target with this group, you have to kind of think like them. So it's our job as a PR pro to take their wants, their needs, and honestly, I think most importantly for this group, their values into consideration when you craft a new pitch or you brainstorm your client's next campaign. So number one, um, this. so we're going to talk about tips that will build a strategy that hits all of your client's goals and all of Gen Z's biggest concerns. So number one, meet them where they are. Um, you know, this group might not be teens on TikTok anymore, but they're still very much online. They were raised on the internet. This is maybe the group that, I'm probably um, millennials, but that, you know, we're, we're Gen X. We kind of, you know, pre-internet, post-internet, we remember both. Um, millennials were sort of more brought up with the internet. These guys rely on it for everything. That's where they go to find new products, to research brands, products, solutions for things, to get advice, everything. And they grew up as the platforms like Instagram and Twitter and YouTube really took off. So for them, it's second nature to consult these different platforms. They're making a lot of purchases online, probably all purchases, to be honest with you. Um, and even if they want to go shopping in-store, they're likely to, 
I want to say internet research, but really it's like something they might have seen on TikTok or they look around and see their friends talking about something on um, Instagram or wherever. So they're doing online research first. So your client needs to get their online presence totally in check. So their social media pages, obviously, you want to have strong sense of branding, um, the aesthetic matches the brand, and you should really communicate your client's messaging. Um, make sure that uh, the messaging, their values, the things that they stand for, what are their core company values, that that's clear. Um, it doesn't have to be in every post, but a consistent, like maybe um, the cadence of content you're posting in, includes consistently things that align with their values. Um, you want to make sure also that, you know, when we start, so their website and their, um, everything that they're putting out, like pr pretty much the website, the blog, um, their uh, e-commerce, if they have it, that it's user-friendly on both desktop and mobile because that's not always the case. It's becoming more and more simple to have both optimized on these platform like site builders, you know, WordPress and um, Squarespace, they'll, you know, and even Shopify, they'll have uh, sites that are optimized for both. Used to be that you had to create one and then create another and, you know, test them and stuff, but make sure because they are on their phones and they need to be able to navigate a site that doesn't make them crazy, like they're very short attention span. So the website, check it with mobile. I will say every time we start working with a client, we will do a deep dive into their outward facing content, whether that's their blog, their website, their shopping, their, um, you know, even looking to the descriptions and making sure that anything we link to is not broken or coming up a little wonky. And clients love it because we're able to give them some, uh, it's like fresh eyes on their things. And they might've said, oh yeah, I, you know, we didn't even realize that. So uh, site has to work online and then leverage SEO to have a better chance of getting your clients in front of those curious Gen Z eyes. So use popular keywords, linking to um, having credible websites link um, to you that are in your niche. And that will help obviously boost your client standing with search engines and edge out competitors for those top spots on search page results. Um, this is also where if, uh, you know, yes, we're not SEO agencies. We always tell clients we don't do SEO, but we understand that there's a value to having credible top tier referring sites linking to clients' websites. So we've talked a lot about um, the SEO value of helping, if you have products, if helping publications find those little gaps in search volume where they're looking for a certain solution and then the results returned aren't exactly addressing that solution. So, um, you know, looking up keyword research, Google, when you set up an ads platform, you can get access or you can tell your clients to check there for different um, keywords and the rankings for them because if you look at it in the context of buying media placements, um, the ones that are more searched, they're very competitive, the, the price is higher, but there might be some keywords that you can 
hone in on and direct content ad, include blog placements, um, craft a pitch around that will lock your client in as the referral uh, site for that, not referral site, but the top site as the search result for that keyword. People are still searching for it, but it's not crowded. So find those like blue ocean opportunities. The second one, not going anywhere, influencers. You have to get influencers on board. Um, you remember friends, right? But remember how everyone was like, we got to get the Rachel haircut, the Rachel haircut. That was influencing, right? Um, that's how we were getting those messages back then. But Gen Zers are more likely to get their style inspiration from their phone screen, not the silver screen or the you know, small screen. Um, social media stars, we've had, you know, Addison Ray, um, Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio, um, Bella Porch. I don't even know who that is. My team did research. These people, and they're popping up all over the place, they rule Gen Z. And then, you know, more sort of known traditional celebrities that have like a talent, you know, like their singers, Billie Eilish, Olivia Rodrigo, Shawn Mendes, they saw their careers really take off at the hands of social media. Um, I mean, I just think it's incredible. Billie Eilish posted, her brother posted uh, Ocean Eyes on um, SoundCloud, was it? And within days, there were millions of listeners um, to the song and she just exploded and she's incredible. But an endorsement or a shout out or just even a little um, using it on their TikTok, even though it goes away quickly, or stories, I guess, on Instagram. But if an, if they're using the product, an endorsement, or I mean, endorsement implies like a paid endorsement deal. Um, maybe there is a paid collaboration, but it's more like an organic integration into the content they're already creating. That goes a long way in solidifying your client's popularity among uh, this group, this Gen Z. So we have all heard SponCon, sponsored content. So it could be that where you're just paying them to use it and form their own opinion. Um, it could be a PR package unboxing. Those are really cool and clever. We always like to see how, uh, you know, the other half lives, like the people that are getting the free stuff, what those boxes look like. Um, you know, or maybe it's a quick moment of praise after the influencer found your client's product on their own. Like one of those organic shout outs where they're like, I don't, um, they don't pay me for this. Like we've had this with Paris Hilton and my client Omnilux. And after they did reach out that she loved it, we have sent a lot more and given her all the latest launches and things like that. But she is such a genuine, true fan of the brand that she discovered on her own. And we have been nurturing that relationship. We have so much press and it just isn't, it just doesn't stop. It's organic. So they're interviewing her and she's mentioning Omnilux. Um, she's not Gen Z, but this is an example of a celebrity organically finding it. We're nurturing that genuine connection. Um, so I think if you are helping your client with an influencer campaign, one of the things that you should, it, it's amazing. I mean, it's the gift that keeps on giving, of course, right? Um, one of the things that you should stress to them is that you're looking for authentic 
genuine affinity for the brand, not somebody who's going to pay for it, uh, get paid for it and just, you know, shill all the time because they're doing that with 10 other products that are probably competitors. We want people who genuinely, you know, love it. So if they're talking about it on their own, reach out, make a connection. It doesn't have to be a celebrity like a Paris Hilton or whatever, but, um, you know, keep that in mind that they might, you know, maybe you send it out. We monitor. So if we're um, sending PR packages to celebrities or influencers, we are then monitoring social because they might not tag the brand and they might post it. So um, that just happened with Kirby Johnson um, from Los Angeles podcast, just sent it to her. And then I know, cause I follow her. I saw her mention it probably a year after the fact. So um, you never know. We're just monitoring all the time. Um, and then just using influencers to your advantage. Um, you know, they're Gen Z, it ha they'll have their eyes on big name TikTok talkers with millions of followers, but they are also engaging with small creators that are producing niche content. So this is where that targeting uh, strategy will come into play. So micro-influencers, remember we get into nano, uh, micro-influencers are like one to a hundred thousand followers um, or uh, um, macro-influencers are like the big names that are probably, you know, a hundred thousand to a million or what we're seeing with nano-influencers, which is like less than 5,000 or so, they have more of an authentic connection to their audience because their audience feels like they know them more. You know, it's a friend from camp. It's a, you know, your um, teacher from third grade or your, um, you know, for these kids, Gen Zers, it could be um, a camp counselor or somebody that they're connected to. So they have more of, they have more of a genuine connection to this group. Um, and each group will have its pros and cons, but what matters the most is that Gen Zers in your niche are interacting with them and um, how those influencers, whether they're nano or, or micro, are producing niche content. You could partner with influencers for SponCon, remember sponsor content, like TikTok videos or Instagram reels. We love YouTube because it's searchable and it's kind of there forever. And this um, kind of uh, crossover we love with bringing influencers into editorial campa campaigns. Um, so there's like a crossover with that genuine affinity that they're sharing on social. And then maybe they are brought in to host content on the client's page. It could be a collaboration, a fab collab, um, you know, something that you guys work on together. It's a limited capsule. Um, the possibilities are endless, but a popular, credible influencer endorsing your client's product can change the game with Gen Z. They love um, limited edition products and supporting creators that they love. So if you find the right one who has a true passion for your client's brand, there's an opportunity there for the PR pitch angles and a bigger partnership to have a positive impact from those social media, like starts over on social and then sort of leads into the 
you know, uh, partnership opportunities. So those are really cool. It takes a long time to work them out. So um, if you start to target a few key influencers and you see some that are really moving the needle and they're really connecting with your target audience and your clients love working with them and the values align, then you can start forming a partnership on something that might launch in Q4 um, for holiday or probably more likely is give yourself a full year runway. They just take a while, but they're really powerful. Um, this It's not going anywhere and it's becoming more important. Authenticity and consistency are key. So that's number three. Gen Z cares. They are plugged into the news. They're aware of how their words and actions affect the world. Um, your client needs to show that same passion and commitment. And this goes for all levels of business. So if your client posts about how much diversity and inclusion mean to them, then that needs to be reflected in their staffing. Um, you know, put their money where their mouth is, in their partnerships, in their editorial campaigns or their marketing campaigns, their social media visual feed. If that is important to them, then their brand has to reflect that at all consumer touch points and in the core makeup of the company. Gen Z wants to support brands that are socially conscious and take their platform seriously. When I say platform, I mean as a brand with followers and uh, owned content online, that's a platform. You know, you get to influence your audience, um, your followers that have an affinity and care about what you have to say that is a platform. So they want to support, this Gen Z group wants to support brands that take that platform seriously. They want to see you're walking the walk before they make a purchase. And that um, the other thing too is, you know, we've seen this so quickly, like with the cancel culture, this might be sort of a small like gateway into the cancel culture, but they're not afraid to cut brands um, that they have been fans of and just be like, bye, if uh, they see that the brand is changing their tune on social issues um, or they don't align, the values no longer align. We're seeing that a lot lately. Um, yeah, with all the charged political stuff, right? Um, you know, Gen Z is looking for that authenticity and for uh, brands to align with their values before they buy. The most important thing that Gen Z is looking for is that authenticity. So empty promises, posts that are full of buzzwords that seem totally disconnected from the brand's identity, that is going to turn Gen Z off of your client. And as a PR pro, you need to be thoughtful with your client's social initiatives and make sure they align with your client's brand and their message. Don't promote charities and causes without doing thorough research into how they connect to your client and how they will impact your client's audience. Um, this is coming up quite a bit because there are organizations that everybody supported um, when they were the sort of uh, cause that was in the spotlight. And then there have been other major global challenges that have been polarizing. 
and maybe you supported one cause because you believe in their mission, but if that cause is now against something that you stand for, double check that. Double check that because um, it's very surprising, you know, where you see companies that you think are about um, connection and community and, um, you know, values that support people's identities and freedom and things have changed. Like there was a, a um, you know, like a pro-choice uh, organization that we had aligned with and then looking at their current beliefs and what they're putting out, it didn't reflect the values of our clients anymore. And so we had to, you know, make sure that it was still the right cause. Um, so follow up, like uh, follow through with your initiatives and make sure those efforts are shown on social media. This group values consistency. A year long commitment to a cause is far more valuable than a one-off post. So if you're thinking about something that will help your client connect authentically with this community, it should not just be a one-time donation or a post that says we stand for XYZ. It has to be in a part of their, their core corporate values, years-long commitment. It's going to make that community, that Gen Z group, diehards. You know, they'll say, we love this company. We believe in them. You know, everything they're doing. Like I think about um, Patagonia, Patagonia. Um, they put their money where their mouth is. I mean, absolutely. Like they stand for, um, you know, environmental causes and helping planet Earth, adventure, um, you know, supporting their, their workers. And the owner of the company gave his entire company to charity not part of it, the entire company, billions and billions of dollars gave the company to charity. They take care of their people. So if you support environmental causes and you, that's important to you, you're going to align with Patagonia and want to buy their products because they are all in on this cause that is a core value. You know, it's not a buzzword. It's not a marketing effort. It is core to what the purpose of this business is. That's an extreme example. Not a lot of companies can do something like that, but that's what I think of. It's like, I will buy Patagonia because they are awesome. Um, okay, so top three so far, we have meet them where they are. They're online, raised on the internet. Um, get those influencers on board and look for that authenticity with them. And then for number three, the same authenticity and consistency are key, making sure that it's not just a one-time statement, but there's follow-through and consistency in supporting a cause. And then four, you got to keep them engaged. This is the, and I'm seeing it with my kids, the attention span is just getting shorter and shorter and shorter. Everything is like Facebook short, uh, YouTube short, seven seconds, flip, 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 TikTok, quick videos, flip, flip, flip. My kids just, if something isn't done in five seconds, they're like, where, you know, what's going on? Why haven't you gotten up and made my dinner? And I'm like, chill, you know, we got to chill a little bit. But they're like, now, everything is now. 
Um, they don't have to wait for shows to air. They don't have to wait for commercials. They don't have to wait for something that they buy to come to the house. It's there the next day, right, with Amazon. Um, but this is like a huge challenge is this group is very much like, I need it now. They don't have patience. This is social media, um, the impact of social media dramatically decreasing this Gen Z group's attention span. So you want to play into that with short and sweet content. So that's short, exciting videos that are posted on TikTok, um, maybe created on Reels and leveraged over on TikTok or vice versa. So you're just using the same content. Um, YouTube shorts, they love YouTube shorts, especially when they're educational, informative. Um, that will catch people's attention as they scroll their feeds. So if your client is also blogging, try out microblogging. Um, or maybe bright, colorful graphics, infographics, facts that they're sharing on social media. Um, that's going to get their attention more than long form content. They're not reading it. So um, think also um, user generated content. We love this because you can do giveaways and polls and review roundups, contests. This is great at engaging an existing customer base because you are showcasing their positive feedback, their affinity for the brand. This, this Gen Z group loves to be heard. Everybody is like, you know, I have a voice and my opinion matters, right? But when you incorporate that into a content creation strategy or a way to bring customers in on the discussion, that's inexpensive, easy, user-generated content. Um, you know, really quick and easy polls. People love, it's just about sharing their opinion. They love to be like, this is what I think. It's like, nobody asked you, but here you are asking them, right? So you're engaging an existing customer base and, you know, getting third party with a review. It's a third party testimonial about how your um, products perform or, you know, it's more powerful than a brand being like, we're awesome. You get a third party sharing a testimonial. They're awesome. And you're like, Oh, that's cool. It's not just the brand telling me to buy, but one of their customers loves it. Um, that's why uh, Facebook advertising is really powerful, um, not only because the little pixel will follow you all over the internet and you're like, fine, I'll buy it already. But on Facebook or Instagram, you can see all the comments. And, you know, if I look and there's like customer service problems, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to order and nobody's going to get back to me or if I see like tons of comments that are positive and you can tell that they're not bots, um, then I'm a little more likely to buy. So that's why it's really powerful um, leveraging those content, those uh, testimonials. Um, and then of course, leveraging emerging tech to your advantage so you can create personalized content and experiences for Gen Z. So you can create AR filters on Instagram. These are augmented reality filters. They also would work on Snapchat, TikTok. Um, that is something that users can engage with and post. Uh, bonus points if you create a filter that is exclusive to an in-person public event, if it's a limited edition, available for a short period of time. We used to do like geofencing uh, for events where we would create a 
like a an event tag or like an overlay on social that only worked if you were within the four kind of uh, you know virtual walls of the zone we we chose for the event and people loved to go and have access to that because you could only get it if you were there that was really cool and gen z loves stuff like that um they don't even know what goes into making those things happen um because everything to them is so like immediate and automatic, but they appreciate it and they use it. And the other thing that I recommend for yourselves as well and for clients is as new social platforms pop up, jump on them quickly, be an early adopter. This is when those growth opportunities are there. Those, you know, you're like, oh my God, so-and-so has this many followers on this platform. And it's like, well, they probably got there pretty early. Um, you want to get there early so you can establish a sense of trust with the audience there. And you can go there and host contests and giveaways that are exclusive to just that platform. So if you're really looking to engage and grow your presence and make a, a deep connection with a certain um, with an audience on a certain platform, give exclusives, you know, exclusive giveaways or, um, you know, collaborations just on those platforms. So that's the fourth one, keeping them engaged, small, bite-sized, you know, snackable content because they don't even have attention spans as long as goldfish these days. And um, that's what I have for you guys today. Let me recap. Meet them where they are. Get influencers on board. Um, authenticity and consistency always with everything you do and your clients do and then keep them engaged. Short, bite-sized, snackable, totally unlike this, which is long and not snackable. Um, but I like to hang out with you guys. So thanks for being here and I'll see you guys again soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Pitching Powerhouse Podcast. If you're ready to up-level your pitching skills so that you can provide stellar services to your clients, you should think about joining the Pitch Lab. Check out the link in the episode description to learn more. So the Pitch Lab is this awesome, incredible monthly membership experience where you will get the proven formula for crafting PR pitches that actually convert and get tons of strategic, timely pitch angles so you never run out of pitch ideas again. Oh, and you also get access to incredible monthly execution plans that save you hours of time and include irresistible pitch angles that the media cannot ignore. With relevant and timely strategies and topics for PR coverage during current events, holidays, monthly awareness observances, say that fast three times, seasonal events, and more, you'll be able to create PR content that makes your clients stand out even if you are new to PR. So check out the link in this episode's description to learn more. And as always, be sure to tune into next week for another incredible episode packed with the insights you need to become a pitching powerhouse.